Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Eurogamer Newscast and this week we're discussing the biggest Xbox leak in history. We're looking ahead to the Switch 2's potential launch lineup. We're asking why there are so many industry layoffs, or at least that's what I would be saying if you're listening to the Eurogamer Newscast. Hello, I'm Tom, Eurogamer's editor and host of our weekly discussion podcast where we break down the biggest gaming news stories and share insight from our news reporting team. Head to your favourite podcast app now to listen, just search Eurogamer Newscast. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Welcome to One Life Left, live on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran. I am Simon Byron. And I am Anne Scantlebury. The three, we're all here! That's I, was, I, was, I was a bit nervous then when I was talking. Well, well, actually, we were, Steve and I were a little nervous uh, up to about a minute ago, because you weren't here. Yeah, I was waiting upstairs. I didn't realise you were already in the studio. There's no Lewis Schaefer. No. <laughs> no, he's bottled it. He's gone on holiday early. Well, maybe he's, do maybe, do uh, they have different school holidays in America? I imagine so. Interesting, right. interesting. I don't know. How have you been, Simon? Good, thank you, Steve. How have you been, Steve? I've been fantastic. How have you been, Anne? Yeah, pretty good. I was just saying I'm quite hot, and then realised it's because I'm wearing a jumper. What does it say on it? Tres. Uh, tres over it. Okay. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna take it off with your headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Hang on, one sec, one sec. Okay. Why, Anne? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Well then, so we are a video game radio show. We talk about video games. We also chat amongst ourselves about issues of the day. Where have you been, Steve? Been to Finland. Again? Again. What's Finland got that One Life Left doesn't have, apart from you when you're not on One Life Left? It's got Finns. Okay. We don't have any Finns, as far as I know. Um, It's got Long Drink, Long Caro, uh, which is a compelling mix of gin and grapefruit in a can. It doesn't have to be gin and grapefruit. Sometimes it's brewed, but I prefer the gin and grapefruit one. Of course. I don't know if that's true. I just like it. Um, It's also got a video game conference called Illusion, which I was speaking at, and it had a music festival called Ilosari Rock, which I watched. How were Placebo? (laughs) Placebo. (laughs) I did. I saw Placebo for the first time since I was 18. Oh, my God. (laughs) At what point did they do that one? It was, boy. Uh, they didn't. They did it excellent. They didn't, although... Do although, call police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were some shouts of, play Nancy Boy. <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't play the hits. Okay. Uh, well, they didn't play the hits that I recognised at least. I saw a, 
Finnish pop singer called Sanni as well, uh, who's amazing. I saw Solstafir, who are Icelandic prog rock band, who are great. And I saw Robin. Oh, yeah. What? But not that Robin. Uh. I saw Robin, uh, the Finnish uh, pop singer, who is Finland's answer to Justin Bieber. Okay. Everyone was... needs to have an answer for Justin Bieber. <laughs> That's true. What is One Life Left's answer for Justin Bieber? Delighted to introduce Ian Hamilton, <laughs> our guest for this evening. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. Uh, you're an accessibility expert. Accessibility specialist. Specialist. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, if you work hard at being a specialist, perhaps you'll become an expert, will you? Is that <laughs> perhaps, how it works? Perhaps. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you can be one life left answer to Justin Bieber. Uh, we'll be chatting to you about uh, the, work, the good work that you do. Uh, but we'll start the show as we always do, and that is with Anne's News. <laughs> on Monday the 27th of July. I'm Anne Scanthbury and this is the news. China has ended its ban on video game consoles. According to a statement from the Ministry of Culture, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo and others will be allowed to manufacture and sell consoles anywhere in the country. The ban was introduced in 2000 following fears of the negative effects consoles would have on the mental and physical development of children. 15 years without consoles has led to an increase in popularity of PC, mobile and web games. This news could open up the market or China could roll its eyes and decide it likes its living room console free. So the console manufacturers said anything in response to this? They are excited. Are they delighted? So delighted, I yeah. don't think they... Well, I haven't read anything that they've specifically said in relation to this. It's too late, though, isn't it? It's too late. Apparently, the Chinese market's very different. They don't like to spend a lot of money on hardware. Uh, free-to-play dominates over there, and they're mm. all Android, is mm. what I've heard. Interesting. Um, and uh, are you talking about Ouya later or not? No. Okay. Because um, uh, Razer bought Ouya, and apparently that's mm-hmm. for the Chinese market as well. Everybody's uh, making a play for China. I see. Should we Big make a play ch- Video for game version of Risk. They're amassing their Android troops. So you, so you don't think this is going to have, uh, this is going to be the thing that makes the Wii U or that pushes the PS4 into uh, uh, well, stratospheric... Uh, I mean, who are, I'm no expert, Anne, but I'm going to talk as if I am one. Um, Please do. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, consoles are too expensive, apparently. Over the, uh, so for the Chinese market, it's unlikely to adopt um, Xbox or PlayStation in any significant numbers, apparently. That's just what I was... I should have been told. But Nintendo have been making overtures towards the cell phone market recently, haven't they? Yeah, uh, with their rumours, maybe, and their rumours that the uh, the the sort of next generation of Nintendo hardware may be Android based, maybe a cell phone, maybe a sort of dongle based plug into the TV. <laughs> I saw somebody. Uh, somebody. Do you uh, snicker at the word dongle? Yeah, it's still funny, isn't it? Somebody uh, was rooting through the uh, patents. Have you got any patents news? Yes. Do you? Is yeah. it is it back to do with Nintendo? Yes. Okay. Well, then I won't come. Leave back. off. <laughs> Esports events company ESL is to introduce randomised drug testing for performance-enhancing drugs from the next month. This follows the admission of a pro player that he and his team used the amphetamine Adderall at a recent event. ESL has not yet published the list of banned substances. You know what they say? Winners don't use drugs, or at least they won't anymore. Adderall, is that what we buy for our headaches in America? Is that something similar? It's Advil. What about Advil? Are you allowed to take that in your esports? 
What, what's the one that you were really into? Anodin Extra. Anodin yeah. Extra. That's good stuff, that. You want to check the list, Dean, when you get into your... When you start doing your, your uh, Dota 2 tournaments, 48-hour <laughs> marathons. Yeah, you should. You're the one who... You're yeah. our professional gamer. I am. Theoretically. I'm a, I'm a theoretical pro gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I do watch what goes into my body and what comes out. You watch it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um... Yeah, well, there's been a lot of um, <clears throat> stuff going on about this, uh, but this is the first time, prior to this announcement, they will be uh, doing drugs testing. Uh, the, that was the first time that um, a player has actually come out and said, done it, done some drugs, Did loads of it. Mm-hmm. played some games. Can, maybe, though, because we don't do drugs, obviously. We, can, can we go around these conferences selling bags of wee? <laughs> clean urine to the contestants interesting <laughs> maybe this makes sense though doesn't it because you have uh, you have some of the more sort of sedate sports like snooker they ban drugs for they ban beta blockers you seem to know a lot about this Steve well, it's is that why you're you not a professional snooker player when I was uh, when I was a younger man playing Duke Nukem 3D I noticed I was brilliant at that, but only after I'd had a few drinks. Okay. Mm. So there is an alternate world where I am a professional sportsman, but also an alcoholic. Right. So I, was, I also used to research into, you know, conduct very serious research into the effect on, of uh, alcohol on my performance during Dance Dance Revolution. Okay. And, and? After, after one uh, drink gets slightly better, two drinks... Storm a lot it. better yeah. three drinks absolutely excellent four yeah. drinks lost interest entirely turn it off watch mtv right mm. wow london arcade the heart of gaming has been robbed thieves broke in last week and made off with tvs games and next generation consoles the arcade cabinets were untouched a gofundme campaign was set up and the five thousand pounds needed to get the place up and running while waiting for insurance to be sorted out was raised in just over 24 hours the campaign is ongoing and extra money raised will go towards getting more security this story really does go to show that the heart of gaming can never truly be stolen london's last arcade London's last arcade, what, was it? being billed as, uh, I think I saw a Kotaku, Kotaku right. uh, piece on it. London's I believe the, the machines they've got are the machines, uh, the arcade machines that were left in the Trocadero, oh. or at least that, I think that's the core of their collection. Okay. Have you been there? No, where is it? Is it, it, is, is it sort of like Acton? Yeah, is it that sort one? Of, right. uh, sort of uh, a little bit way out west. Uh, it's excellent, okay. absolutely excellent. I had a brilliant day there with um, our theme composer Ian, uh, and we had an amazing time. Right. We played, uh, we played. I played Ikaruga. Very, very bad at Bless that. Game. It is hard though, isn't it? <laughs> very bad at that game. Uh, they've got a ghosts and goblins or ghouls and ghosts. That's sure. a hard game as well. Very isn't it? hard, yeah. very hard. Lots and lots of fighting games, which I lost. They're at. all hard. Yeah, very, very hard. <laughs> um, and in the back room, they have, uh, and these are some of the things that I, I must uh, must have been stolen. They have all consoles from different eras set up, and you can just go and ask for a disc for them. You know, you can go up to the guy who runs the thing and say, "Have you got F Zero for the GameCube?" And he's and like, "I'm not an idiot." Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, yeah, you end up playing. Of course, I've got F Zero at home. Right. Of course, because I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. I'm not actually going to set it up because that would take ages. Exactly. It's nicer to go to You're the... You're not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's nicer to go to the arcade and be sociable and play there. It's, you know, it's, the guy who runs it's absolutely lovely guy and the place is brilliant and everyone should go. And although this is a horrible, horrible story on the, uh, the morning it broke, it's been quite nice over the last week to see how well supported they are, how loved and how much, do you, how much have they made from the GoFundMe so uh, far? So it was... F- 
5,000 was their mm-hmm. target and they've reached that. I don't know what they've got to Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything more than that, though? going to put back in security. Um, I quite like that. Uh, they said, well, obviously the people that um, robbed us did come and scope out the joint because they didn't touch the um, the arcade cabinets. They didn't try and get any money out of mm. there. But also, they are idiots because they didn't uh, pick up some of the really rare game cartridges that were there that they could have got a load of money mm. for. I'm oh. interested. Uh, was F-Zero on the GameCube store? <laughs> <laughs> Freeze Going Free has made the dev go yippee. Developer Asher Volmer released a free version of his puzzler Threes last month and has revealed that the decision has doubled his daily income on the game. The version released doesn't have any in-app purchase options, so money is just made through ad revenue. Volmer explained that he's looking forward to making bigger games now, which should be a lot easier with all that dollar in his pocket. Turns out it's not just the best people in life that are free, but the smart business decisions too. So Threes is that uh, rip-off of 2014. It's kind of a sad story, isn't it? A guy just steals someone else's idea and ends up making Mm. money from it. Um, Well done to Asher, though. This is is good news, isn't it? Did he... I saw this. um, Did he give any context? When he said it doubled or tripled, which one was it? Doubled. One of them. uh, The revenue. Is that the revenue that he was getting recently? Uh, well, yeah, he'd seen. So he published two graphs um, side by side, and it seemed as though in the same period, the free one, uh, the free version, was getting slightly more revenue than the paid for version, but it was sort of going along at the same. I mean, I don't. I, I'm no clearer. Um, I'll be honest with you, following that explanation. In which case, yes, yes, it's. it's <laughs> He's still making money off the other one. No, sure, but um, when he said that he doubled it, was it was it doubled after like a year and a half of say, so sales had dwindled? Uh-huh. So it'd been out for a year and a half, and let's yeah. say yet the, yesterday he made ninety nine p, and then he puts the free one out and he makes two pounds. Yes, it's not twice as much as he made no. when the original launch. Right, no. just checking. What is this? Literally, you you doing your own business sums in your head? working out how many because I've got an idea for a game oh, really? <laughs> exactly uh, 20482 <laughs> And finally, Nintendo is hoping to help you out in the bedroom. The company has published a set of patents for a quality of life device that would monitor your sleep by gathering data and projecting stuff onto your ceiling. The monitor would gather information through sensors like microphones and cameras, assess the user's emotions and project a sleep score on the ceiling. Not only has Nintendo got your back, it's got you on your back. That sounds disastrous. <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night. Just, you are not sleeping well, Sam. I know, and I'm just going to be watching the score going. Exactly. Oh, it's going down. I'm be worrying about it. Sad face, that you annoyed face. Get back to sleep. <laughs> and you're going to be wired up to the things you have to put on your fingers that they also never brought out. No, these, no? this is all going to be wireless stuff, and they'll is be it able though? to. Well, yes. Is it? Is it going to oh, be a thing? According to patents. Okay, so definitely. Uh, it right. sh- I think it's. Uh, they're aiming to have it out sometime next. Yeah. Was well, so it? Is actually coming. Well, yeah. I mean, hang on. Let me let me just double check a date. Okay. One second. Um, How are you doing, Simon? Oh, good. I had, a, I had a, um, an official complaint about a joke I made uh, really? at the Develop Conference in Brighton. Oh, yeah, that was good. So that was Some good. point in 2016. This is definitely coming out. Oh yeah. Definitely, 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 definitely. definitely there's is. no chance no. that we will have forgotten about this nah, by 2016. Nah. And um, do, have you either of you ever used the those one of those um, apps where you put the phone on your mm. bed and you see yeah. what your sleep score is yeah. and that? How did it work out? Pretty bad. Uh, it turns out my cat is intrusive, rude, mm. <laughs> all throughout the night. 
I, um, a good few years ago now, um, bought from America a bedside alarm clock, ooh, um, ooh. which had, uh, it was plastic. Thinking about you and, in bed now? Well, and I think snoozing. And then um, it's plastic Batman on it. Obviously. Okay, course, obviously. And then when um, the appropriate time that you'd, you'd specified came, um, it, uh, it woke you up with the, uh, with the uh, phrase... Gotham City is in trouble, call for Batman. And then it projected the bat signal on the, the ceiling of my, my bedroom. Yeah. It's a great way to start the day. Leapt out of bed, Steve. Leapt. What, what happened to <laughs> it? Put on my pants and socks. Like, Batman still has to, I presume. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not sure where it is now, but it was, uh, it was a good way to wake up. So maybe they're on something. Maybe. Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Stemford. Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Laffy the Fox. Song that Simon selected. It is excellent, but it is also called. Uh, well, I can't tell what it's called because it's not printed fully here. The Apologies. Amazing Adventures of Something. It does feature Robot Orgy Massacre. Exactly. I think you know, and that's what I look for in my tunes. <laughs> Just keywords, sir. Uh, exactly. <laughs> see what happens. Uh, you listen to One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. This is some chip tune music. It's from chipmusic.org. What else? Any other it's business? It's the last show of the oh, summer. That's right. Uh, we're breaking up. We're breaking up for August, aren't we? Are we back in September? We are. Anne's, Anne's, Anne wants to do an Anne Life we're left. We're coming back with a special. Right. So we get okay. an extra week off. Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm all... You, you can have another lion. Yeah, too right. Gotham City is in trouble. <laughs> can um, can So it's, it's ladies only uh, on the show. We've tried to call people women. So can my friend... Honey's life left. Honey's life left. Can my friend come on? Uh, who's your friend? Stephanie. And what does Stephanie do? She makes video games. Oh, really? Yep. She's lovely. If Stephanie identifies a woman, then she's welcome on. Yes, I do. I mean, she does. Good. Good. All right. I'll see see you there. She'll see you there. Good. Good. I'd be interested. To, actually, I'll, please do that because I'll be interested to find out what it's like. But I'm not going to listen to it. So <laughs> no. that'd be, that'd be you useful. guys are the most supportive. <laughs> we're only joking. It was brilliant last time. Man, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Brilliant. We're only, we're only jealous. It was we're our jealous. best review show. And Ma- Man Life left. Exactly. <laughs> Man Life left didn't even get commissioned. No. So it's always Man Life left, isn't it? That's a video Every. game industry. Every. Hello. Hi. Sorry about this, Ian. Sorry. How's it going? Very good, thanks. Welcome to One Life Left. It's not always like this. We're a bit demob happy today. Usually we're a kind of sober, sedate video game. Radio show that deals with the seriousness issues in video games like accessibility. So tell us about the work you do, Ian. 
Um, so I work in accessibility for people with disabilities, so ensuring that people with various kind of impairments like motor and cognitive and hearing and vision aren't unnecessarily excluded from games. Okay, and so uh, how does that, I mean, to, to, what, how do you do that? Do you work with the guy, with people making games? Do you make with uh, publishers or? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So part of it is working yeah, directly with, um, with um, studios and stuff on specific um, titles and going through and kind of auditing and giving advice and that kind of stuff. But because accessibility in the games industry is um, a relatively early stage compared to other industries, a lot of it is about advocacy and awareness raising. Okay. So going around and trying to educate people about why it's something they should be thinking about. Why do you think we're, uh, we're so far behind? Um, it's just simple lack of awareness. Then in other industries, there's been um, kind of like a, a legal pushes and stuff like that. Like, for example, in construction, you literally aren't allowed to build your building unless you've met the criteria, which obviously makes people think about it. Mm-hmm. It's literally just that lack of awareness. In general, people in the games industry are really, really into it. As soon as they know about it, it's just, you know, people haven't thought about it before. What are the com- most common mistakes you find developers make when they, they set about building their video games? Um, in terms of specific features, by mm-hmm. far the most common one is colour blindness. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a classic example is using red and green to distinguish your team colours in deathmatch, when, of course, that's the type of colour blindness that is most common. People can't distinguish those two colours. They both kind of look a brownie kind of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, that is the most rapidly improving area of accessibility as well. So in the past few years, you know, it's pretty common now to see games that have got um, colourblind support in them, whether that's a specific colourblind mode in things like Destiny and World of Warcraft and Call of Duty, or even just designing things from the ground up to be colourblind accessible. You say from the ground up. Do you work with people after games are released as well to patch this sort of thing in? Yes, but it's by, by far the most effective. And you're saying kind of mistakes people make. That's by far the biggest mistake people make mm-hmm. is thinking about it later on. Right. Because if you've actually done the work, you then actually have to go back and like unpick it all in retrofit. Whereas if you actually think about it from the outset, then you can just design it in the right way to start with. And often with something like color blindness, for example, saying about the red and green team colors, Rather than going back and changing it and adding in that mode, if you just used the orange and blue to start with, like mm-hmm. for example Gears of War, you know that's no work. It's just a design decision. So there's a lot you can do really easily and cheaply if you think about it early enough. Who would have thought that Gears of War, a yeah. game that to me is just a monochrome game in, you know, in shades of brown and green, is is a standout example of of careful yeah. colour selection? It is, yeah, yeah. Anecdotally, I've heard of people who who will literally have completely turn the back on game series to go and play, play um, Gears of War. So, you know, they won't go anywhere near Call of Duty, even though Call of Duty now does have colourblind modes. Mm-hmm. Just that bad experience they had in the early versions was enough to put them off and make them jump ship to a different franchise. What about um, controller uh, compatibility? Is that something you do a lot of work with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's another um, thing that's got a really simple solution for as well, which mm-hmm. is button remapping. Mm-hmm. So that's a really common issue is that people just can't physically reach a certain button mm-hmm. or there's certain buttons which are harder to press than others for example clicking the sticks in takes quite a bit of strength so if you can just allow you know people different people have got different requirements but if you can just allow people to reconfigure which button does which, which um, action then that's a whole different bunch of people you've catered for and obviously there's not just people with disabilities as well you know there's plenty of other people who um, well look at pc gaming how angry people get in general mm-hmm. if you can't remap the buttons it's interesting i remember um always thinking when I was a journalist that it would be very, very simple to remap the buttons. I used to read uh, Stuart Campbell yes. getting furious, furious all the time. Why don't you let people remap the buttons? Uh, you know, crazy. 
on the other side of things in development, I've heard a lot of people saying, yeah, it's not that simple. It's very, it's very complicated. Actually, there are some serious problems with that. But I've always been too embarrassed to ask what those are. I've just tried to be a bit cool about it and go, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, of course, exactly. of course, yeah, it's just well, problems. Well, part of it does come down to that same thing about what stage of development mm. you consider it at. Because if you think about it at the end, you might have already coded up all like your in-game tutorials and stuff to refer to certain buttons. Mm-hmm. If you think about it at the start, you can just make everything variable-based. It's so much easier. Mm. Uh, this seems like quite um, sort of an easier thing for big uh, studios to do because they've got the money that they can go, yeah, of course we're going to incorporate this. What about um, smaller studios? Do you work with them as well? Yeah, and there's actually smaller studios that you see um, a lot of the movement in because um, there's, there's kind of different kind of barriers involved. Um, if you're in a big company, the individual developers are really, really into it. You, you more come across a problem when they're going up to their management and stuff and trying to get stuff onto a huge prioritised backlog. Whereas if you're an indie, you're your own boss. If you decide you want to do something, you can just do it. So there was a... Um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the game now. It was like a um, you know um, Dungeon Master on the Atari ST. Yep. It was a like modern-day remake of those kind of games. When I can't remember the name of a game, I just say I'm not allowed to say it. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to say it. There we go. Um, but yeah, so they got a... It was an um, indie game. Um, they got a request from a uh, gamer who used a um, basically a mouth stick. And he was requesting that he could have the same kind of controls that he used to have in the old days in these games, which was like an on-screen um, set of buttons to move mm-hmm. around because he couldn't physically use the keyboard. He just used like a mouse stick to move around and mm-hmm. push around the mouse. So he asked them about this feature and overnight they put the feature in and published it on their blog. You know, you can't, you just can't do that kind of stuff. You can't have that same kind of turnaround in, you know, big AAA studios. Mm. Is there a danger now with um, you know, modern consoles and all their sort of bells and whistles? Because now the improvements aren't just in the sort of um, audio-visual sense. They are the physical sense, so cameras and motion controls and all of that sort of stuff. Is there a danger that um, just as we're, we appear to be catching up, that we're about to leave some people behind again? Yes, always. All that kind of stuff, any kind of novel technology, it's always a double-edged sword. So anytime, say, say for example, Connect, um, if you haven't got very good fine motor movement, so you can't really move your fingers very well. Being able to use a Kinect is amazing. So you got, for example, like Kinect Fruit Ninja. I've seen the amazing videos. of a girl who um, had, I don't think she had any hands, but was able to play that perfectly. On the other hand, if you haven't got very good gross motor movement, but have got good fine motor movement, so for example, you can move your fingers fine, but can't wave your arms around or jump, mm-hmm. then Kinect is dead to you. Right. And that's the same with all these kind of technologies. It's all about not relying just on that type of input, but actually offering people some options. So a perfect example of that is Child of Eden. So Child of Eden actually gave you the option of connect controls or using a controller, which is always frustrating to see with those games as well because, mm. you know, people, developers don't sit there with a connect in front of them while they're developing a game. They all have those controllers yeah. controls in them and then they turn them off just before they launch them. But if you just leave those options in there, then people can play in the way that best suits them. Were you personally sad to see Microsoft take a step back from the connect? Um, I don't know, it's a difficult question because it's, it is beneficial for certain groups and really not beneficial for other groups. Mm. Um, it would be nice to have that kind of stuff always available, but as an alternative. I'm not sad to see it moved away as, as a dedicated input device, but mm-hmm. it's a useful to, thing to have in there. I so, think that that's certainly what personally made me sad, that no longer is it, because it's no longer being uh, built in, and you know we know you can't build a game for the xbox one knowing there's going to be a connect there yeah uh, whereas 
you used to be able to, even if you didn't use it for fundamental, um, you know, gameplay controls, you could then look at the other sort of edge cases of how people want to interact with this thing and go, okay, well, we've got to connect. Maybe we can use it for this and this and this and this. That's kind of gone now. And that seems to be like a slight step back of giving people the option of how to control um, your universe. Exactly. That's it. It's all about options. And actually one one audience that um, has found Connect really, really useful has been um, blind gamers. So you do actually get, get a lot of people who are completely blind mm-hmm. who'll play console games. And there's actually even, um, uh, last year, the first console game to... There's a lot which are kind of blind accessible by accident. First big AAA game to actually put a dedicated blind accessibility setting in, which was Injustice. And the same things followed through into New Mortal Kombat as well. And how people who are blind, if they don't have the technology available, which you don't in consoles, you do have in PCs and phones but not on consoles. You don't have the software built in to allow you to navigate and speak everything out for you. Mm-hmm. You basically do it through trial and error of navigating all the menus and learning how many button presses to go across, right. which is a bit of a pain. <laughs> so if you've got voice controls that can just shortcut you straight into a game, right. yeah, yeah. really, really useful. And is that, is that what Injustice and Mortal Kombat did, was voice controls? Was it? Or, or was no, no, yeah. because that's something that's really interesting about fighting games yeah. is that they are just out of the box, pretty much blind accessible. Because if you think about what the mechanic is, basically mm-hmm. all you've got to do is to, to be able to tell where two objects are in two-dimensional space. And you can tell whether or not they're in the air by the fact that there's you know, a jump sound playing. Mm-hmm. So you can actually tell where the characters are just through stereo sound. Okay. Because those characters are always making noises. Right. And the sound design is really, really good in them. So every single move has its own unique sound. Uh-huh. So you've actually got, you know, tournament level blind gamers playing fighting games. Well, and was that accidental then or was that uh, was that conscious effort on behalf of Netherrealm? Um, so all the, the, the basics of it, kind of the good sound design and stuff, was just accidental. Okay. They just, you know, just did really good sound design. Right. Um, but what was intentional was basically they, in starting with Injustice, they introduced interactive background elements. Yeah. So like there's a, a car in the background. When you walk in front of it, you can pick, pick it up and hit the other person with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If you're blind, you've got no way of knowing that that object is there. So that's what they've done there intentionally. They've added in this mode where if you walk in front of it, it'll actually play an audio prompt to tell you it's there. And also adds in a couple of other audio prompts as well. So, for example, when your super bar is charged as well. Okay. Wow. Really interesting stuff. How can we, um, how can we keep up with the work that you're doing? How do we, how do we follow you? Do you have a website or um, Twitter? Twitter's best way, yeah. So it's um, at Hamilton underscore. I'm quite active on there. And what if um, if there were developers listening who are thinking, okay, I want to do this, but what's you know what are like the fundamentals? Are there? Yeah, fundamentals. There's uh, there's a couple of key things you can do. Um, firstly, um, look up the information that's out there. So if you look up a website called GameAccessibilityGuidelines.com, there's loads of good tips on there. Um, on top of that, as I said before, the real real key thing is thinking about it early in the process. So even if you just spend, you know, half an hour at the start of development thinking, you know, what kind of barriers are there in my game for, you know, how well people that relate to people's ability to see or to operate a controller, then think about which of those barriers are a necessary part of your mechanic, because there will be some, and which of those actually aren't necessary that you might be able to address by communicating information in more than one way or just giving people a bit of flexibility in how they control the game. And the last thing is just actually get involved, get engaged with your community. So put word out on Twitter asking for you know feedback on the colorblind mode, or if you're running a beta um, beta um, testing session or forums. Either one of those things just ask specific questions about if people have got any accessibility issues as well. Hey. 
Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. A local newspaper has published some pictures of Princess Peach as a child that show her in a different light. The photograph was taken at a time when the evil mustachioed Wario was trying to take over the world with his garlic-based micro-game compilations. Princess Peach's relative, Uncle Peach, was rumoured to be a Wario sympathiser and taught the princess the hand gesture that Wario would do at game conferences across the world. Obviously, the photo was taken before the true evils of a game where you had to pick your nose were known. The royal family are refusing to make any further comment, but it is believed that they are not amused. Thanks, and back to your usual programming. Uh, thank you very much for your letters uh, we received uh, over the past week. Um, do do continue to write in while we're off. Let us know what you're up to and you know, postcards know and stuff. Let us know that you still love us. Uh, Adrian Johnson writes, for the first time ever. Hi, OLL team and super special guest. Adrian here, long-time podcast listener. But today I think I'll do the unthinkable. Pause for dramatic effect. Today, I intend to, for the first time ever, listen to the show live on Resonance FM. Hello, Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Um, He's a little scared of this, which is understandable, as he wouldn't want to find out that your voices, of which I have grown greatly accustomed to over the years, have been auto-tuned for the podcast and thus ruining the magic. Anyway... Just finished listening to your latest podcast, and since you'll be on your summer break, I've been wondering what to do to fill the void that you guys will leave. I do have a thought. I, I like Simon. Oh, sorry. I, like Simon, have had Game Maker Studio for a few years now, but unlike Simon, I have yet to use it. So in honour of your summer hiatus, I think I'll boot this, uh, boot up this unused Game Maker Studio and try to create a game in time for your return. So with that, can the team and super special guests offer any game ideas for me to try and do, bearing in mind that I am very much a novice? Tutorial suggestions and tips, use an array, would also help. I know Simon mentioned his love for Tom Francis. I did. Uh, but any more suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Looking forward to, with just a pinch of dread, listening live. Regards, Adrian Johnson. Can he still get a One Life Left email address? Uh, right. Right. So, yes. right. Okay. Well, you know how we like arcs in the show? Yes. And you know how probably dedicated listeners are wondering what happened to the One Life Left video game that we talked about earlier this year? Yep. Well. It's called Chime Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine... If, if we had done that deliberately, just left that to one oh, side yeah. for a second, because we knew Adrian was coming into our life. Hi, Adrian. And we wanted to give him a project to make. The One Life Left video one, game. Yes. Uh, in which there are... Um, three characters. Three characters. Crates on a, on, a, on a bridge, was it? On a ramp? And you had to f- tilt them. Yeah, tilt. we were. So the idea that we came up with was that um, essentially uh, three characters on a... On a uh, platform and you tilt the phone to slide them yeah and you've got to keep them on there you've always got to have one one on life left so it'll say it'll be like a crate labeled steen a crate labeled simon and crate labeled Anna, and it'll say keep simon on and then you'll have to tilt the other two off yeah you know simple and maybe the thing can pivot and you can have complicated things so that's that's request one yeah request two should be it should be an e-sport so we can get our (laughs) urine urine business off the ground right so we can uh drug test uh, uh, I would say just make it accessible, whatever it is. 
Focus. Also make sure, yeah. Um, in terms of uh, tutorials and stuff, I very much enjoyed the... I found um, Game Maker's Apprentice uh, very useful. It's a, I bought it as a physical book. comes with a CD-ROM. Remember those. Um, and that sort of talks through the fundamentals. It's, it's a couple of versions of Game Maker behind at the moment, but if it will help you understand it. I, I honestly can't recommend Tom's uh, videos highly enough actually if you follow those along you'll end up making a sort of style of game which will um, include a number of elements that will prove useful down the line um, following that Sean Spalding um, he's a very good uh, game maker YouTuber or the Yo-Yo Games forums are very active as well but beyond anything else uh, use an array use an array just use an array Hello team, hi super special guest. Last week I went to Wi-Fi Wars at the Royal Institution, writes Robert Wells. 400 of us played games together on the big screen. There was Pong and Track and Field and a brand new game about numbers called Enigma. At the end of the night my team lost by several hundred points. But then they did a countdown of the best individual players and I came top of the table. Of course he did. I had my face on the screen and I got some Royal Institution uh, branded stationery and generally felt pretty special for five minutes. What has been your favourite win? Initials at the top of the arcade, throwing your fists in the air after finally taking down that boss. Have a lovely summer, Robert. Oh, he has a PS. PS, this week is Summer Games Done Quick. After last year's Pokemon Plays Twitch, I'm excited to see what Taspot will do on Saturday. Mm. Yeah, us too. What about you, Simon? Best win. <clears throat> Well, you know, I don't want to brag or nothing, but... Um, Is this going to be sensible? It will be, yeah. We won't beat Dominic Diamond okay. in the semi-final of the uh, <laughs> Sensible Soccer World okay. Championships. Um, uh, yeah, we were drawn in the uh, group stages um, initially, and then we... No, did we meet in the final? Oh, I can't remember. I beat Phil. But yeah, uh, he wanted to. Um, he wanted us to draw. Right. So that we both progress or something <sighs> like that. And, uh, yeah, that was, must have been the group stage. Yeah, that was good. Did, uh, get, did you? Didn't. No, of course didn't. One. Look at him. Look at look at me now. Look at him now. Uh, my best win uh, was probably I think when uh, post GDC we went to was it Santa Cruz with our friends mm. Michael and Kate and uh, you and Michael were on a team. Me and Kate were on a team. We were playing. Um, was it Pokemon um, air hockey? No, it was Pac Man. Pac Man. Poke Pac Man. That one. How'd you get Pikachu on a bus? Pac-Man. Good. Uh, Yeah, we were playing Pac-Man air hockey and, oh my goodness, we just... We just won. You you did win. I remember that. Constantly. Well, well done. Thanks. Um, I remember coming uh, second in a Mario Kart championship. I got to the final because I was so bad at uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. I think this was on the GameCube. Is that Double Dash? It is Double Dash, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I was so bad at Mario Kart, basically, that it kept giving me all the power-ups. And because I played <laughs> video games before, I just saved them until the last lap, yeah. used them, and then won. But that didn't work in the semi-final, uh, in the final, where there were only two of us. Uh, it just didn't give me anything good, so <laughs> I came second. I also once hugged the TV after I beat um, Monkey Ball on intermediates <laughs> on my last life <laughs> yes I need to find the letters then yes. because I got a bit lost in in that moment Ian do you have a letter I do I have a letter from Jamie Firth hi team how about some gaming themed holiday beach reading recommendations must also be suitable for reading while sitting at home in your pants with all the blinds closed crying hmm Parco's book's out soon, isn't it? Isn't it? it is. So I'm still trying to get on doing his audiobook for that. 
Have we? Um, oh, do you want us to play him? We can oh, be we him. What a brilliant idea! I'm really good at reading things out. I, I can, will read it out. I can be. Like, do your Simon Parking voice. You're really good at that. Hello, I'm Simon Parking. Hello. This is an audition. You do yours. Um. Oh, no, I was going to try and do a serious impression now. I, I come across... Yeah, I'm terrible at impressions. Okay. Um, can I just make the sound effects? Yeah, you can do the sound effects. Let's do the unofficial... Here's a book Start about video games. Video games are deadly. I write for New Yorker. That's what he plays. That's his doorbell. That's his doorbell. That's actually true. No, I know. Um, yeah, that's out soon. Cara's book's been delayed, hasn't it? Mm. Um, Richard, um, uh, Richard Stratton's got a book out, hasn't he? Stanton. Stanton, sorry. Um, Rich Stanton's got a book out. Yes. I think so. Yes, there was a party at Loading on Friday. We weren't invited. What? No. So don't buy that. Don't buy that. Don't buy Parco's because he hasn't sent us exactly. one until we do the audio book. Definitely get Cara's, but you have to wait until summer's over. So that's one for next year. Yeah. Ernest Klein's book... Uh, Armada is out. Apparently that's terrible. Okay. So don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's Pooley written anything recently. I don't know. It was his birthday last he... week, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Get get trigger happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any more letters? Uh, dear team and SSG, says James, uh, having back Simon's excellent Greedy Wizards Thanks. and Steve's forthcoming magnum opus, Chime Sharp. Thanks. I was wondering when we would see Anne's first kickstarted project and what it might be. Pip pip. Um, I don't have anything yet. I've got some ideas about things. Do I've you? got some projects in my little brain. Okay, do you want to run through them now? Nope. Because uh, they're just in my little brain right now. Okay. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I would kickstart it. It sounds stressful. You have to keep writing to things. I was saying this earlier. I got an email from uh, Matt, my boyfriend, at the weekend. The Hi, only Matt. email he sent me... And it was him plugging Steve's game at me. That's very kind of him. I, well, I hadn't seen that that was part of an official update. And so I got this weird email from your boyfriend just telling me to back... The, and I was like number five backer on... And like, why are you sending me... Do you think, think I haven't backed Steve's Kickstarter? Um, Steve, I tried to back it today, but my car got declined and I've had a call from the fraud department. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. All right, thanks for all your letters. Do stay in touch uh, over our summer break. The address to use is... Team at onelifeleft.com. Time for our final episode for the break of Game Under. Previously on Game Under. Data of working for EA and I'm already terrified of being discovered. They promoted me right away. I've been working here for a full week now and it's getting kind of ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they're trying to make a fool of me as every time I come up with an idea that's deliberately provocative they slap me on the back and tell me I'm exactly the sort of person who'll get ahead in this business. Even though, as I keep pointing out to them at length, I am a straight white male with no discernible skills whatsoever. Every day I come into the office and sit at my desk and wait to get rumbled, but it just hasn't happened yet. And even more infuriatingly, I haven't seen any evidence of corruption anywhere. Sorry, I've, I've just got to get this. Hi? Yeah, I got the free donuts, thanks. A new idea? Well, how about Modern Warfare 6? Yes, it is a good, good idea, isn't it? Well, well, you don't have to do that. Sure. Okay, well, well, I'll expect your letter tomorrow. Bye. That was the CEO. He says I'm so brilliant that he's decided to step down immediately so that I can lead the company forward. It's E3 next week. 
I'm starting to think I'm out of my depth as an investigative journalist. Till next time on Game Under. Motion Ride. Uh, it's called Loading. Again, it's from chipmusic.org. Good selection, Simon. Well thanks, done. thanks, thanks. Actually, Steve, yes. they were leftovers from last week. So imagine what last week's music was like. Killer. I mean, it literally ended with the killers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, had, we had some letters about Did you play the theme tune from Gods I did, week? yes. Thank you to the chap that uh, wrote in, saying that we were wonderful. We played um, Into the Wonderful. Into yeah. the Wonderful. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. This is One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. Radio show about video games. Last show of the year. We come back here in uh, another school year, don't we? We do. But we're prefects yet. Yeah, September. Anne. No, we'll never be prefects. We're okay. always back we're of the bus cool. kids, aren't we? Yeah, kind of... Uh, we're the rough boys, the rowdy boys. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think we will be the rowdy boys again at the GMAs this year? Oh yeah, I did yeah. see. Yeah, I did right. see. Then you're right. Who's going to do that? Who's mm. going to nominate us, Anne? Well, cut. Are the nomination's going to be up before we d- I do my one. Stick and life led yeah. then is one of the, the recommended things. Yes, um, they like that good. sort yeah, of they stuff. Will love they it. do. Yeah. But is it going to be in time? Beginning of September. No, you write now. Uh, you see, you you write in now and nominate yeah. us, and then you say send it on later on. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to do it, though. You do no, it. But I did you it should, last time. You should do it, because... I'm li- I've I'm done it last few times, and we've not won it. Yeah. So let's try a different approach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, thanks, thanks But would you like us to nominate you for one of the Yeah, ones? I want Rising Star. Okay, I will... I feel like I'm eventually going to get there. I will write you a nomination for Rising Thank Star. You. Okay, I'll just, I'll just send you the one I did for um, Women in Gaming. Okay. I just, um, that went well, didn't it? It did go well, actually. Eight. I was surprised. You asked. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised how good you sounded following my description. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send that to you. You can just, yeah, just I don't know, just forward that. Okay, that, well, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, there any, is there any other business? Anything else? Oh, yes, with? there is. Anne, you wanted to announce something. Yes. Con- congratulations. Congratulations. Thank congratulations. You. It's about time, it frankly. Is, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. But delighted. Yeah. That uh, it's very exciting that we are going to be moving Marioki to Friday. Can you believe this? <laughs> We've been waiting. The brand, hashtag Thursday, <laughs> which over. is the third Thursday. No, we're, no, we're moving it to Friday because we've tried <laughs> Wednesday. 
Friday. I think we need to retire it. No. no. The only way out of this is through. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the next Thursday is on Friday the 21st of August. Is that right? Uh, yes, that is it is. Correct. It's our Marioki comeback. We will be returning with a uh, with a bang. I don't know. We're, yeah. we're going to be coming back. Uh, we're we're really really excited. I just thought of a song that I can write about your game. Amazing, brilliant, done. Which game? Bang Man. Uh huh. Okay, good. I was just checking that wasn't the game I just told you about. No. Okay, because that's secret. Yeah. Uh, good. So for Friday, twenty first of August, two thousand and fifteen, loading bar in Dalston, mm-hmm. Stoke Newton High Road. Is it High Street? High Street. Um, yeah, we'll see you there. It's going to yeah. be good. It's going to be super exciting. Between now and then, uh, me and Simon are going to be doing the Marioki in Cologne. No. So yeah. if you are at Gamescom on Tuesday night, uh, you can marioke with us. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get you in to the party. Of course, we will. Just, yeah. let us know. Just say that you're with us. I mean, it is free to consider. Just say that you're the rider. <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> just with a, with a bit of a frown. On <laughs> Walk straight through. <laughs> Reviews. Hi guys, what have you been playing this week? It's a tricky one for me ethics and all that I've only been playing the swindle um, really a Marshall's which, game Stan Marshall's game which is being published by the company that I work for just be honest Simon I am being just, honest just, I can't stop playing it I cannot well, stop no, because, playing because it because it's your job it's, I've, I've not played the other games that we do as much as this one currently really it's so good yeah I've been playing on Vita um, what do you do in the swindle you play uh, well. It, it implies that you play a thief, but actually, I think you play a um, a like a thief corporation conglomerate. Um, uh, Scotland Yard in a hundred days will um, unveil the Devil's Balisk, um, which is um, an, uh, a surveillance device which will render all heists, all future heists, impossible. So it's your job in a hundred days is to break in Scotland Yard and get it out. Um, mm. So it's a roguelike, like uh, it's procedurally generated levels. You start off as a basic thief, randomly generated thief as well with a, with names, and you break into a random property. You start off in the slums, where your first objective is to uh, essentially steal a hundred pounds, enough to upgrade your hack ability. Um, and it counts down. Every heist that you do, successful or not, takes a day off the total. Um, and you have 100 days to, um, to get in Scotland Yard. So uh, my problem with games like Spelunky, etc., um, but not necessarily Spelunky, um, something like Rogue Le- Legacy is that often a, a run-through can feel um, completely wasted, no matter sort of how far you do it. And um, in The Swindle, you are constantly learning, um, and... And because of this sort of additional time, I mean, it's a time pressure, but it's quite, it seems quite generous, even though I'm not, not finished yet. Like, it, it, it doesn't affect you so much failure, and there are many of them. Um, you always get something out of it. You learn something new about you, or you're reminded not to do that again, or what have you. I'm on to the third. I've gone with Belgravia. Um, I've gone slums. Second one, Mansions, is it? Belgrade. I'm on the third one. It's getting pretty tough now. But it's just, I, can't, I literally cannot stop playing it. I'm, I'm glad that in, in 10 minutes I will be playing it on the tube. So what formats is this on? PC, PlayStations, uh, Xbox One and Wii U. I'm playing it on the Vita. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Love it. 7 okay. out of 10. Fantastic. I have been playing N+++. Plus. 
What? That's two pluses, which means an extra double good. It is the sequel, sequel, sequel to uh, a game called N, uh, made by Metanet Software some years ago. In N, you play a ninja jumping off walls, hitting a switch, getting to the exit. Very, very simple, minimalist platform game. Has some enemies in it. Very, very simple elements that combine to make just the most elegant, beautiful um, system-based platformer that I've ever played, I think. Wow. Um, this is, you know, uh, this is obviously N++, and so it is what I just said, but plus plus. Okay, but yeah. uh, I thought this of, of N+, when it was on the um, on the 360, I think it was, okay. uh, which, you know, I, I sunk thousands and thousands and thousands of deaths into uh, many, many, many hours. It's a constantly, uh, you die and then you repeat, you die and repeat. You Again, you sort of learn, but it's very, very fast, repetitious uh, trial and error. Not trial and error. I suppose it is a bit trial and error. Um, anyway, this is that, but super, super, super beautiful. The design on it is fantastic. I mean, both mechanical design and visual design. And also audio design. It has the best soundtrack of any video game I've played since Hotline Miami. It's so, so brilliant. Um, so brilliant. I went running to Did some you? of the songs on the soundtrack the other day. Okay, That was excellent. Right. Uh, yep. Uh and yeah I can't think of anything negative to say about it at all including the fact that the other day I tried to play it with remote play oh, right. which I thought wouldn't work because yeah. it's such a twitchy little thing but it did it totally worked beautifully so you can play it on your Vita as well I'm playing it on my PS4 it's a Playstation exclusive isn't it it is um, like Street Fighter yeah uh, it's fantastic absolutely fantastic I would give it 7 out of 10 Scanters. Um, well, I did what I said I'd do last week. I've just still been playing You Must Build a Boat. Um, and my boat, let me tell you, <laughs> is getting built. Is it? Yeah, it's quite big now. I've got loads of monsters on there. So you have built a boat? Yeah, well, the, so thing, is, the thing is, it is a little bit misleading because you already have a boat. You just need to build a better boat to get to the next, to get yourself further and further up the river. Uh, so now, like, yeah, I've got quite a lot of uh, different bits on my boat. I've got different, like, shops that I can go to to upgrade all of my, um, upgrade my shields or my swords um, or things like that. Um, I can, yeah, I can go and sell stuff. I can buy stuff. Uh, and then I just go and do another, like, few rounds of match three stuff, win another lot of stuff, get a bit further up the river. It's brilliant. I'm just really enjoying it. I don't know if I'm any good at it, but I'm just really having a lovely time. I'm slowly progressing through it. Uh, I've started dreaming in match threes again, so wherever <laughs> I look, I just see the like there's a little sword that's out of place that I could just switch up there. Uh, I've been playing it really late into the night just really really enjoying it um yeah once again seven out of ten fantastic in yeah i love you must build a boat but um i've been playing um a another kind of semi-roguelike which is out there which is out, uh, there. out there yeah so it's a bit of an old game it came about about a year ago but they've released a new version of it now with um polished up graphics and loads of new content and stuff and it's basically if you kind of picture um, FTL, mm-hmm. picturing it right now, remove all the combat, gone, 
replace the combat with basically a choose your own adventure game with a really bleak depressing narrative about being lost in space after okay, losing okay, I've done that. I'm sad <laughs> now it is, it is a very very bleak depressing game and brutally brutally punishingly hard as well Okay. <laughs> so I'm punishing myself quite a lot by playing it but it's, it's compulsive as well it's kind of like Dark Souls kind of thing it's so so difficult and you die so much that, that is roguelikes really yeah, you really, really appreciate when something goes your way. But it's interesting because in N++, you die all the time, right? Every second. But it never feels... That almost takes some of the stress out of it. And you would expect the soundtrack, I think, to be very high intensity and, like, panic-based, but it's not. It's really chill-out, glitch, electronica, ambient sort of stuff. Uh, and it fits it really, really well because death is just no longer a hazard. It is a learning experience, which I think is something we can all... Well, in the swindle, you, um, you can leave a level at any time uh, but it's always your fault because you go oh, i'll just i'll just try and get that mm. and yeah it's oh, yeah so we're enjoying death is what we're saying interesting apart from you ian yeah it's definitely not something to be enjoyed okay. that's the thing you, you'll be playing it for like half an hour and then you get a multiple choice box pop up choose the wrong thing and you're dead oh what it's brutal most of the time you die it feels like it is not your fault at okay. all okay but that's that's part of the experience <laughs> I suppose though. Do you learn for the next time round when the question comes up, don't choose that option, or is it randomised? Yes, okay. you do learn. But there are a lot of love options. It takes a long time to learn. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Uh, score? 7 out of 10. Great. Solemn end to the show. Well, we're going away, aren't we? Everybody's sad. Mm, Listen to reruns. Song is called. Uh, it's by a man called Please Lose Battle. It's Hangover Apocalypse. I know. Which is <laughs> again appropriate. Keywords for me. What yes. are your holiday plans, Simon? So I want to finish the game I'm currently writing, so I can get on writing the game I want to write after that. Good. Uh, so yes, yeah, good. Got the graphics in this one, uh, in the current uh, one. So yes, yeah, good. Uh, that's what I'm, I intend to do. I'm going to write two songs for Marioki. Mm. Going to do um, um, "Aha," take on me, and I might. I heard um, Arctic Monkeys on the way back, <laughs> driving really? back from uh, somewhere yesterday. And I'm going to do that. I think uh, oh, uh, "Scummy Man." Oh, yeah. My next Marioki target is uh, "Don't You Want Me, Baby." Hmm. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure where we're going. It just it just feels yeah. like it's a good it's a good karaoke song. Sorry, no, so. I'm, I'm thinking of when the sun goes down. That's what it's called. Okay, yeah. okay. Don't you want me, baby? What about so what's Steve? What are you gonna be up to? Uh, I will be finishing off my Kickstarter for Chime Sharp, uh, which you can visit at chimegamecom kickstarter I think that's the easiest way to get there. 
and I will be uh, working on some other games oh, as yeah. well, uh, which is exciting. Going to Gamescom, looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a busy August, I think. Scans, what are you up to? Uh, I'm going to be doing prep for my first show back. I'm going to enter us into the GMAs. Yes, you are, yeah. Uh, going to write a karaoke song about your game, which yes. I just thought up it's going to be great. Okay. Um, and do you know what? I'm going to kick back. Really? <laughs> yeah. Good. Ian, you got plans for summer? Um, yeah. Yeah, I've got a nice little um, project I'm working on, the internal thing at um, BBC. Um, while I'm not doing that, I am going to be also over at Gamescom and Respawn and GCE. So if anyone's going to be around there and want to chat, then hit me up. We'll Good all news. be there. We'd yeah. love to chat. They've got some good cocktail bars, haven't they? <laughs> They've got a very nice scene there as well. Very, very, very excited about Gamescom. Um, do we expect any announcements at Gamescom? Yes. Big things yes, yes. Uh, Microsoft's going big there, aren't they? It's only a, it's only a stepping aside. That's what, we, that's what we know. Right. That's what we know to be true. Kind of like a roll dodge. Like exactly. Microsoft, Microsoft are all pumped up. They're going to charge straight for Sony, and Sony are like... Goodbye. Yeah, whatever. See you. Missed you. Yeah. <laughs> Wasted attack. Yeah, um, yeah so there should be lots of stuff for Microsoft, I think. It's almost a shame we're not doing a show. Oh, Maybe I'm we'll do one. Let's do one from Gamescom on Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get free data, don't we, over there? Yeah, so. let's just do it. Oh, wow. yeah. Let's just do it live. Good. Oh, yeah. Need to on Periscope. It's going to be excellent. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to One Life Left over uh, the course of 2015. We will be back in a month. Yep. It's or still so. in 2015. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for Good, confirming uh, yeah. that. <laughs> you can write to us at. Team at OneLifeLeft.com. Until that point, we've been One Life Left, and we'll see you in a bit. Bye! Goodbye! Bye.